and welcome to yet another episode of the Back to the TARDIS podcast, the podcast where we take a look at every single episode of the 2005 revival of BBC's Doctor Who. I'm Jeff. I'm Skylar. I'm Big Fat Penis. Six. <laughs> Still not a joke. That is actually their Twitter handle. Also known as Avery. Hi. And today we are discussing Series 2, Episode 3, School Reunion by Toby Whithouse, also known as my favorite episode of the entire show ever. Nerd. Um, so <laughs> this, this episode um, features uh, the return of... Uh, two classic companions, uh, Sarah Jane Smith and K-9, and I think is probably the first, like, like, the most major acknowledgement that, yes, all prior classic canon is, if, like, canon and still happened. Um, and in many ways, this episode talks about what it means to be a companion and, and what it means to eventually have to leave that behind because you're traveling with an immortal near god. Um, also, it has Anthony Stewart Head, a.k.a. Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, being uh, very entertainingly evil. Um... So yeah, uh, so this this episode starts out, and you know, for a while I used to think that like, like I I would be like you like yeah it's it's not the best like yeah the the B plot ain't that great compared to the A plot, but you know what? No, the B plot is still good. Ah. Like like, no, because like I think this episode like the school setting is fairly unique for doctor who like oh that's good stuff, at least yeah. at least at least pre-moffat like M moffat i guess does it a bit more because of uh clara's position but this this it's it this wasn't really a thing before then and toby whithouse does it differently than moffat does um so yeah, yeah, immediately as soon as you start the episode, you are you are introduced to Anthony Stewart Head's character named Mr. Finch, who's this very sort of I honestly like I I just realized cuz I've been I've been while well, while quarantine has been on, I've been watching like through uh uh Westworld with my family, and I realized he's he's very much a sort of like Anthony Hopkins Hannibal Lecter, like that's that's kind of what he's playing um he has a lot of gravitas and he's yes. definitely the most memorable or second most memorable thing in this episode for me and he's probably one of the best one-off doctor who villains we yeah. still have had yeah he makes like a race of cgi bat people actually work because he's so entertaining to watch <laughs> um Anyway, kind of so yes, it, yeah. it's immediately open with him, like, just fucking, like, that's the other thing, too, of, like, something that Moffat doesn't do. He fucking murders an orphan in, like, the first two minutes of the episode. <laughs> it's okay. a very Moffat thing. 
Like, I... well, actually, actually, no. I mean, no. It's it's not like Moffat tends to not do that. At least not not when he's show running. Okay, I guess on popular um, opinion number one, I did not like this cold open. I mean, I do yeah, like. Yeah, he's, the cold he's open good. is fine. I just he's yeah. It, I don't like the, fiction I mean, killing it's... kids. I you have to do yeah. it very carefully, in my <laughs> opinion. So and also it. <laughs> <sighs> where we're uh skylar you do know where we're eventually going right yes i do <laughs> i do I, really, uh, I don't know which thing you guys are referencing right now torchwood <laughs> children of earth yeah no, i'm not saying it's good there either i'm just saying it's 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 difficult and plus when you factor in their eventual plan them killing any of the kids no, doesn't make any sense but no i know i i know it's 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 a perfectly fine effective horror cold open i don't really care about the cold open it's 30 seconds of a 45 minute episode i don't give a shit it's still a 10 out of a 10 spoiler alert that that's um, fine i just also yeah. also okay the good at least the the end the cold open that leads into the 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 credits is 10 walking into a classroom and being and saying good morning class are resetting comfortably which is good yeah that's good D david tennant is almost always good that's yes that's a no doubt. yeah no this is this is def this is definitely a 10 highlight in terms of in terms of his acting um so yeah he's he's doing this uh, science lesson um, very much with this sort of air of I'm very enthusiastic about science but I don't know how to teach humans this let alone children um, <laughs> and there's sort of this this uh, sort of lingering question here which is this one kid in his class named Milo is like a super genius who is like able to know things beyond what any human should know like he knows the answer to how to travel faster than light <laughs> yeah that honestly that that is a bit of a plot hole since it's just supposed to be like they have increased like processing capacity but like whatever whatever you know okay Okay, when they discuss what it is their plan is, I think it kind of makes sense because the plan, like what they're trying to crack, is in of itself like near fantasy, like like it's it's definitely sufficient sufficiently advanced technology. If if any of you get that that it's, reference, functionally it's science, not science. But, yes, yeah. or or to or to to lay it out a little bit further, I'm I'm referencing. Arthur uh, C. Clarke, who uh, at least I believe it's uh, Arthur C. Clarke, who said any sufficiently uh, advanced technology is is indistinguishable from magic. Yeah, <laughs> I will say I like the part where the doctor just says physics like twelve yes. times. Yes, that, just... no that that is how you, that is how they lead into this episode after the credits <laughs> is David Tennant saying physics twelve times. Physics, 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 physics. <laughs> it gave me a little laugh. Uh... A little bit of stress since I'm currently not doing too great in my physics class. Low key, pour one out. That that break will really be hitting me hard, and I'm sort of F, F in chat for class. every lads. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that that was just a fun little scene, and it was very 
it was a very ten moment, just sort of the like yeah. quick back and forth, snappy, snappy, snappy. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know also, that. Also, uh, I believe this was cut, but there's a scene later, I believe, or it was supposed to be later, where they mention that like Tens sort of like questions uh quote burned his brain out or something. Which I can see why they cut that, because that would have been kinda yikesy. Like that 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 would have had some un, un unfortunate implications at least. Yeah. Let me see. I don't know. I'm not finding it on the wiki, so maybe maybe this is just like an urban legend or something, but at least I remember reading that somewhere. Um, and we move from that great scene into yet another great scene. And, you know, I'm just going to say all these scenes are great because this episode is absolutely fantastic and I love it and it's my favorite. But I will say, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. One of the one of the this is what this is an episode that over like the past few weeks, we've had recurring complaints of like. 45 minute syndrome where it's like this feels like there should be more there but because it's a 45 minute episode they can't this feels like it works as a 45 minute episode it doesn't need any more it doesn't need any less i, I mean it would that. be nice if they expanded it a little bit better maybe but it doesn't need it as much mm -hmm. But yes, it's it's a scene where so the doctor has clearly infiltrated this school and is is uh, masquerading as a teacher, whereas Rose is masquerading at a lunch lady, and they they snark at each other, and it's really good. This is like a quality Rose interaction in a season with not very many quality Rose interactions. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Um. Anyways, so there and there's there's backstory that explains that the reason why they're here is Mickey called them and was like, yo, check out this weird shit, which another great thing about this episode. This is another great step in the slow transformation of uh, Mickey into the ultimate Chad. Yeah, I do we're like getting the there. Idea. We're getting there. <laughs> Hell yeah. I like the idea that he's actually being responsible and, like, periodically checks up on things. Something about that just, you know, I like and it speaks to the character and I enjoy. Oh, Again, yeah, yes. Even yes. before Again, he, like, we... physically shows up, it's it's a further the step. Yeah. The thesis that we've had going since when we were covering series one is that Mickey is low-key a better person than Rose is. Yeah. I mean, is that is that a but, theory? He just is. Yeah. <laughs> he he does some scummy like somewhat emotional manipulation stuff in the uh Boomtown, but like largely, yeah, he's a very he's Yeah, very but much Ro a better person. like Rose isn't any better in that regard either. Oh no, yeah, agree. In that episode. It's, it's a very human oh. moment, but he he grows a lot quicker. My headphones. Well done. Absolute professional. <laughs> he grows a lot quicker, so that's good. Yes. Um, also, we have our very brief Torchwood shout-out. Um, so yeah, there's there's the idea that uh, a bunch of the kitchen staff and uh, faculty were, were mysteriously suddenly replaced. Ooh. 
Also, there's a really good comedy scene here where you see, like, the, the lunch staff just kind of, like, <laughs> carefully moving this barrel of caustic chemicals through, and they accidentally spill it, and there's, like, screaming and, like, burning sounds. And they they take they take her off into a room and 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 Rose tries to call an ambulance and they're like no don't do that and and one of them's like she's fine and then you hear off screen this like sound of like flame igniting and like screaming and she's like it's fine she does that she <laughs> does that yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's more and, and then more... and then she looks over at the barrel and you see that the oil is eating through the metal. <laughs> <laughs> it's more and more clear as you go throughout the episode that Mr. Finch is the only one of these, the only competent of these one that have a brain. It really amuses yes. me, and I'd like to think that he's just like the ringleader, and he found some stooges who he'd be willing to put this plan together with. It, yeah. it amuses well, me the, greatly. Well, the second, the other, the the uh, the other like teacher that they regularly show is it has sort of one too. He, enough, at least I mean, enough he gets to be, caught like, by a kid. He gets caught by a kid, so that's not that's the best. fair. But the kid also has Doctor Who protagonist powers, so you know, plot yeah. armor. Yeah. Also, like, do they? They don't really explain them needing to eat kids. Like, couldn't they just? I don't know. Is there something that they physi- physiologically need to eat humans? Couldn't they just like eat pigs or something? I don't it's know. because they're monsters, evil monsters. Yes, of course. It's of just, course. Yeah. Listen, I'm not saying the morality of the villains in this episode is that black and white, but it's still a really good episode. <laughs> it's solid, yeah. I just wish um, the Krillitanes were a bit less stupid aside from Mr. Finch, but well. We'll get there. It's. it's I mean, still solid. if they, I think. Well, I think if they were less stupid, then we would start running into problems of forty-five minute syndrome. I think the fact that they don't feature that heavily is part of the reason why this episode still works. Yeah, that I means can, that they don't. They don't have to cut argument. on the stuff that matters. It's an episode less focused on the monsters. Those are yes. okay. Oh yes, no. It again, like like Rose, the monster stuff is solidly the B plot. Yeah, it they definitely feel like it, I think they could have done a better point of saying like the point is that these are just a pathetic people that think they're all that and really aren't. Um Yeah. And I wish they did a well, little I bit more so discussing I... that, but it's I can I can buy it. As I said, it's not it's not a huge problem. It's just I feel like something it's... you can't think too hard about. Yeah, I feel like it's pretty clearly implied just because, you know, they they're sort of they're high enough up there that they're sort of tangentially aware of the time lords but they're also like from what he says you get the sense that they're also like they're lower on the pecking order than some of these like yeah yeah absolutely um Oh yeah, and then we get to the introduction of a very familiar face to anyone who's watched Classic, probably the second best classic companion behind Ace, Sarah Jane Smith, the absolute legend, uh, rest in peace, Elizabeth Sladen. Um, so yeah, that and there's this, this great scene where... Uh, like she's introduced to 10 and 10 is very clearly like mentally going oh my fucking god and this this works too 
because knowing that David Tennant was a fanboy and this was like the era when he was prime watching also means that like David Tennant the actor is also mentally going oh my fucking god in my head I'd like to think that they didn't tell David Tennant that part of the episode until he, she just showed <laughs> oh there's no way because they, they do read throughs yeah no I know I'm just saying that's what I'd like to believe in my heart yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, well, if they did that, it wouldn't be a usable a usable take because it would just be, like, it, uh, like indecipherable squeaking. <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> David Tennant making weird David Tennant noises. Yes, yes, as he does. <laughs> um, it's a good scene. Yeah, awesome. oh, yes, a very scene. <laughs> a very good scene. Even, even yeah. Um. So, yeah, you, you have the... You know, she's she's investigating because she is a freelance journalist and, and she does this. And, you know, that's 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 one of the great things about her. And also, you know, OK, uh, uh, Chibnall, uh, I know I've shit talked to you a lot recently and I've had some really major problems with your episodes. But like if you were hypothetically to bring ace back for an episode and then hand that episode to a competent writer i'd think a lot higher of you <laughs> just 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 putting that out there anyway this podcast which the showrunner of doctor who is definitely listening to yes yes uh <laughs> buy our merch just kidding we don't have merch chibnall has uh-huh. jeff on speed dial this is a known fact yes um anyways so yes uh uh kenny who's this one kid who uh got stink eye from one of the teachers earlier because he he's not allowed to eat the the chips which for anyone who does not live in britain and doesn't know this piece of uh slang uh chips or french fries yeah well, um, like, why is it that he's that he in particular isn't allowed to eat them? It's so weird. I think it might be like a dietary thing. I think I think that's what they're implying. Like it might be, yeah. Like like he has a health condition or something. I I think that's what they yeah. were implying. It's a very minor line that happens yeah. in like, yeah. the kitchen scene or something. Yeah. Um. So yes, he stumbles upon uh a bat figure in one of the computer labs which turns into one of the teachers who basically tells him to to fuck off um then so yeah then we cut to this the other great thing you know sarah jane literally like breaking into this school by herself to to find find shit out like the doctor goes in with like a with like two extra people with him she goes alone <laughs> like she can't even she can't even count on k9 for backup because he's like out uh, in off like broken in her her the back of her car i can english <laughs> um but this this does lead to prob oh yeah well th- there's actually a really good throwaway line here where uh, Mickey's like infiltration and investigation. I'm an expert at this, and he like starts walking, then pauses for five seconds, and is like, 
Yeah, uh, where's the mask department? <laughs> the comedic beats are, like, excellent in this episode. Yes. Oh, yeah, no. All, everyone's comedic timing is great. Um, then we get to possibly one of my favorite, like, shots slash mini thing, 30-second, like, scenes or whatever in all of Doctor Who, which is the scene where she like run sarah jane runs into a storeroom and opens the door and behind it there's the tardis and she's just like completely thrown off by that that she her reaction is just to like back out and close the door behind her and then of course uh she runs into 10 which is also just in general, a lot of this stuff is my favorite of the show. <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah. It was it was a good like secondary introduction since they technically <laughs> already met. But yeah, there's I do have a nitpick on like one of the dialogue things. Um, he's like, she's like, I thought you must have died, and then he says, I lived. Everyone else died. And then she says, what do you mean? And then he says, everyone died, Sarah. It just felt a little stilted, but like everything else was gorgeous. It's just, it kind of doesn't line up with like why he doesn't, why he explains to Rose why he doesn't come back. Anyway, it's, but it's, it's gorgeous. Uh, Elizabeth Slater Fuck and you, David Tennant act the hell out of this. <laughs> yes. Oh yes, absolutely. Um... Also, the great line uh, where she's like, I can't believe it's you. And then, like, Mickey screams incredibly high-pitched off-screen. And she's like, yeah, okay, yes, y yeah, now I can. <laughs> yeah, that's a great transition. Yeah. Um, And, of course, yeah, then, then Sarah Jane is introduced to Rose, which, you know, as much problems that we've had with Rose and, you know, as much as I was like, you know, the, the, the Rose subplot where she's trying to get Queen Victoria to say we are not amused last week was, like, kind of grating. This subplot could have gone so, so wrong, but it doesn't. And it works beautifully. Yeah, it's probably my favorite, one of my favorite like, aspects of the episode. I could think of, like... Heck, I could even think of, like, other writers where, like, I don't know if they could have pulled this off. I don't necessarily know if, like, Chibnall or Moffat could have really pulled it off. I, th like, I think it works because it's not just Rose being petty and um, Sarah Jane trying to be above it all, but, like, both of them are yes. put off by each other for different reasons, and that's why it works. It could yes, work one and, way around. And they have a very natural feeling arc. That doesn't feel like, oh, you did one thing and now I respect you. It's they they have a, a conversation. Um, but that that's later on. There's also a, a little line in here of like, uh, your assistants are getting younger. And that that is a little bit of a, a, a fan thing of like, classic parlance generally lended more towards uh calling companions assistants and classic fans will do that somewhat too whereas uh new tends to stick much more towards uh the uh term companion 
Yeah. Um, also, Rose is like, I'm not his assistant. And Sarah's like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, get you, Tiger. <laughs> Which is like, whoa, okay. <laughs> On that note, when the doctor is trying to address, um, like, a few scenes earlier, Rose and Mickey, and he's just like, okay, gang or uh comrades and then i that made me think of 13 settling on fam yes and i was just like oh that's that's fun i like that (laughs) i the 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 moment that that happened the uh uh, let's go with comrades immediately in my head the soviet anthem started playing yes 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 very tempted to clip it and make a meme out of that Uh, (laughs) i mean you have you have the episode go ahead the, the the line uh actually wait yes it. no actually yes please do that and send it to me and i will post it as this week's uh meme announcement i do not have the editing skills to do that <laughs> i can do it i can yeah do it. The, the line uh, i can tell you're getting older your assistants are getting younger that was <laughs> that was a very good one that was yeah. just a very snappy moment yeah um anyways so yes they they find mickey and he got spooked because of a bunch of vacuum-packed rats um also uh 10 kind of jokingly messes around with mickey which is you know that is one thing that i comment about uh how 10 kind of softens up and becomes someone more willing to spend time with with rose and her family is that nine if nine did this it would have felt a lot it would have been a lot meaner whereas ten's just sort of doing it in like a like a friendly ribbing sort of way yeah i agree with that um Also, there is the thing where where Rose is like, "Who is she?" and he's like, "Yeah, Sarah Jane." And and Sarah Jane's like, "Did you not mention me?" And he's like, "Yeah, yes, yes, I I must have." And she's like, "No, no, you didn't." Um, and yeah, you get the line from Mickey where he's like, "The missus and the ex welcome with every man's worst nightmare," which again, like that line just foreshadows like this could have gone so much worse but it didn't and it actually goes really well yeah they draw it on for just the right amount of time yeah um also the the great line where earlier on rose is like when i was a kid i used to think the teachers slept in school and then they they find the rats and they're like well maybe it's food and they're like well what for and then they open the teacher's lounge and they're all hanging upside down in bat form from the ceiling and doctor's like remember what you used to say remember what you said about how you used to think all the teachers slept in the school well I lost my shit this time in that scene because I realized that the Krillotane in their, like, bat form remind me so much of the stupid-looking aliens in the first live-action Scooby-Doo movie. I've never seen that movie. So it's I'll, bizarre. I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I'll take your word for that. I've never seen that. It's it's a it's a weird resemblance. Like looking back on it, it's not the quite the same thing. They don't have wings in the movie, um, and they look a bit more like dogs. But like the shape of the mouth and the head 
and just their general like arched over countenance is like really similar it's really freaky so nice. i burst out laughing <laughs> um anyways uh so yeah they they all book it out of the the school because they they wake them all up and the doctor's like well i need to go get the the tardis to analyze the oil and sarah jane's like nah fam i got this and she opens up the car and there's K9 in there which is so the the other fun thing about K9 breaking down that's sort of like a meta joke is that literally everyone hated K9 because the prop was super unreliable and would break down and yeah so like it it was notorious and I'm pretty sure there's like plenty of outtakes that you can find of like Tom Baker swearing at the K9 prop um Yes, they, they find K-9, and uh, he is uh, broken down in the back of Sarah Jane's car. And so Ten fixes her up. Uh, and these, these there's sort of like two scenes back-to-back -back here, which sort of are like... They provide not only a thesis for this episode's point and do it so well, they also kind of serve as, like, a major sort of filler out of, like, Ten in general and how Ten thinks and how Ten feels where, you know, he's he's talking to Sarah Jane and she's like, well, why, why didn't you come back? And also shouting him out because he... He dropped her off in the wrong place, which, j just, just for context, I believe Croydon is in the south near London. Um, Aberdeen is in Scotland. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes. Well done. <laughs> yes, Croydon is in south London. So that is a distance. Um, it's not a... Like, it's not that. It, it could be more of a distance because the whole of the UK is smaller than California, but it is still a distance. Like if I if I go into if I go into Google Maps right now and uh, look up the distance between Aberdeen and Croydon, it is. Oh, whoo! Yeah, that's a nine and a half hour drive. <laughs> Oops, Rip. 552 miles. Complete, yeah, actually, yes. Complete wrong end of the country because Aberdeen is up near the north and Croydon is down near the south because it's by London. So, yes, complete wrong side of the, the, of the island. Uh, so, yeah, well done. Um... Which actually, that that makes the line where where Ten's like Aberdeen, right? That's 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 next to Croydon, isn't it? Even funnier. <laughs> um. Anyways, so yeah, he explains the Krillotains, which actually this is also a good idea, of like uh, like an interesting like design idea where. Uh, unfortunately you only have the bats in this episode but it would have been nice if they they showed up more to like have them show up in like different forms each time where like they're 
they're a composite race, so, like, whoever they take over, they take physical traits from. Have they appeared before? No, they haven't shown up before, but Ten says the last time that he saw them, which was not on screen, but the last time he saw them, they looked like humans, but with really long necks. It's an interesting idea, like, imperialism melded with eugenics. Yeah. So... I, I mean, technically, imperial like eugenics that. tend to go hand in hand with imperial. Well, yeah, but like, whatever. like, <laughs> at its like most radical They're kinda related. sci-fi <laughs> extent, yeah. Um. Anyways, so yeah. Uh. Then you move on to the next scene, which is, I think, a very big, important scene where Rose is sort of asking, like, how many of us have traveled with you you know the realization that you're you're not the first um and of course you know because there there is there is romantic undertones between their relationship and one could argue that they were there for sarah jane too and it's definitely commented on in this episode um and you know ten has this this little monologue where he's like i i don't age you you age you decay you wither and you die like i physically cannot spend the rest of my life with you um yeah it showcases something i like about 10 which is that he's very he's very direct and it makes sense with rose it takes him a little bit longer to get there with martha and donna but it is something that he's like he feels things very close he he wears his feelings mm. on his sleeve you could say i don't know if that's yeah. the expression fuck it yeah um, yeah yeah no absolutely <laughs> and and it, it's something too which is like something interesting of like you know I, i've also commented repeatedly that 12 and clara is basically te- the same 10 and rose dynamic but better and more interesting 12 never has that moment he never acknowledges clara's mortality until it is too late yeah it's also Um, something i was wondering that like maybe the war affected how he i mean obviously it affected him in a big way but like especially how he interacts with people because the first thing he says to sarah jane like when she's like why did you leave me he still continues to talk about the war almost as if like after all he'd done it would be too painful to go back to people who essentially knew a different person both literally and now psychologically it's not just the war like okay to to fill in uh to go into uh classic scholar jeff mode for a second sarah jane's last story she she leaves because as he mentioned he gets summoned to go back to his to gallifrey and at that point in time they did not allow humans so and this this leads into a story called the the deadly assassin which is i think the at, mm, I guess Heaven Sent might count. No, no, Clara still appears in Heaven Sent just briefly. Um, I believe the Deadly Assassin is the only Doctor Who story where there is no companion and it is just the Doctor. Like it is literally just Tom Baker by himself solving the 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 the, the mystery. <laughs> um, but after that, he doesn't come back for her. He, he just moves on and meets someone else in the next story. 
he never goes back for her. Yeah. And uh, that's, that, probably, that's, that's probably just me not being versed in the story, but yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. That's and again, this this episode sort of mentions why, which is, you know, he can't because you know not necessarily quite as intense as Rose, but I think this episode always implies that there was a very close connection between Four and Sarah Jane. Um, I think and... also. So yeah, he, he it's sort of like he didn't want to go back because he already had an out and he didn't want to face seeing her and having her age or get older or potentially die. And I think especially because it was <clears throat> Four who's a very, you know, youthful doctor, I think that plays into it too. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. Uh, fuck what was i about to say i was about to say something uh, <laughs> ha- having a boomer moment right now oh no uh, never go full boomer oh no i'm gonna fucking vote for joe biden oh my god Woo! okay <laughs> god what the fuck was i gonna say we're living shit oh 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 i remember now <laughs> took me a second all right so there was that sort of throwaway line uh, when he says that he had regenerated half a dozen times yes. since, uh, you know, she last saw him. And I'm sort of curious. I still have not watched the end of series 12. D- does that change that? I mean, to his knowledge, yes. And and also, in terms of canon, no, it doesn't it doesn't change that. Also, just 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 watch it, please. Just get it over with. <laughs> No. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, You're gonna need to do it eventually. Like it, like it what? is is as Once much as I dislike as much as I as much as I dislike it. It is probably going to be important to the rest of Chibnall's tenure going forward. Once we get to that episode in this show, I will rewatch it, or I will finally watch it. Avery, that's not going to happen until probably after season 13 has aired. All right, then when season 13 airs, I'll watch it. Well, we have a holiday um, special coming up, too. Brilliant. Yeah. Back I do like, last thing, I think it's in this scene where she says, is the same thing, are you just going to leave me, too? And I do like how... I mean, obviously, we know how this series ends, but I do think it's very telling how immediate his answer is. And I do think he means it because she's essentially the person that, like, brought him back from the brink of just probably saving the Earth one more time and then wasting a few hundred years and then trying to get himself killed by saving other people. So I think it's I do think he means that, which is notable. And also it it is I mean, it is worth noting that the way that Four and Sarah Jane depart is sort of an oddity, which is, you know, usually when a companion leaves, it is their agency to leave. Like, they say, I want to leave, and the doctor goes okay, or in very rare occasions, like, I think it only happened, like, twice in Classic, they die. Like... Four essentially kicks Sarah Jane out and doesn't come back for her. 
Like, that. this is very much a different thing. Which, admittedly, like, the episode doesn't bring that up. But it is. It is a fairly unique thing in terms of, in terms of companions. I wonder if there were, like, any behind-the-scenes oh, politics no, there or was. weird going oh, on. Yes, there, oh, yes, there was. Oh, no. Tom Baker was not easy to work with. He had he had issues. <laughs> huh. Didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 gotten over them now, and un- un- unfortunately, um, Elizabeth Sladen died before they could really do big finish stuff together. But, uh, yeah, that he did make up with most of his stars. He was just. He was known for like after after a while he sort of got a little bit too into the headspace of being the doctor and so like he'd get to the point where like he'd ad-lib scripts because he didn't feel like the lines fit or like harass like the directors and and would regularly be like you know uh I don't need a companion I can carry the show on my own yike um yeah and eventually he 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 got out of that and sort of realized how much of a problem it was and how much mentally it was weighing on him but he was not never, easy to work with never go full method actor yeah and it, i mean it also wasn't helping that he was an alcoholic at the time but yes mm. On the upside, there is at least a bunch of uh, outtakes of him uh, swearing very profusely, which is kind of funny. <laughs> um. Anyways. Oh yes, then we move on to another really good scene. Like the the middle part of this episode is just even more all killer than the episode already is. Where, like, you, you have these these heartbreaking scenes discussing sort of the nature of being a companion to this basically immortal being. And then you move on to the scene with Ten and uh, Finch in, uh, in the pool room. Where they, they have this, this very tense, well-acted standoff. And, and Ten really gets to, to show his teeth for... Actually, in a way that I think this is like the first way he very seriously shows it in his in his tenure. His tenure? Ah! No, I, I realized that after I said it, I was just hoping that uh, nobody would would call attention to it. Nice. Yeah, there was that moment <laughs> with him and like with the cat nurses, but this is. Finch is clearly a bigger threat than yes. Them, Finch is even an if the rest of the villain, not are just morons, misguided. But yeah, yeah. Finch Finch is actually villainous, not just doing something awful to try and do a good thing. No, he's just actually villainous. Yeah, and he's smart because like he's yeah. observing the whole like diner scene, and when he tries to manipulate the doctor, he's directly using that information. Yeah, um, he because he yeah the diner he uses the diner scene and figures out that he's a time lord. Which yeah, you do you do have the interesting line, where where Finch is like fascinating. Your your peace your people were peaceful to the point of indolence. You seem to be something new. Also Wink. the line where also the line where Ten's like, "I'm so old now. I used to have so much mercy." Which foreshadowing. Yeah. Well, also, 
also it's um when i was a kid i i'd see like like Ten- david Tennant getting cast as like Kilgrave and, and Jessica Jones are like other like really despicable villains and I'm like that doesn't make a lot of sense and then I go back and I watch like literally any scene where he gets serious and I'm like oh okay yes it does actually it makes perfect sense <laughs> yeah Barty Crouch Jr. in the fourth Harry Potter movie uh yeah yeah that's a thing that's the one I was, I was hoping was... I was hoping we could get through this week without having to mention Harry Potter but <laughs> Never. At least they cut the the really bad uh, house elf side plot in that book uh, from the movie. True. I don't know what you're talking about? The, you know the one where we were knowing. going like, you know the 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 one that we 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 make jokes about where it's like J.K. Rowling be like, actually, slavery is okay if they want to. <laughs> yeah. And the, the plot where Hermione is like, that's not okay, and everyone, including the narrative of the book itself, treats her like she's fucking, in it, like a fucking idiot. It's like, like it's no, okay she's actually right. She's actually right. Why are you treating her? <laughs> Why are you Dumbledore booing Dumbledore would I'm pay right. them if they asked. <laughs> she says seriously, or the book yeah. says seriously. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, uh, anyways and not talking about actual real life turf jk rowling um uh, <laughs> oh yeah also there's the uh the great little thing where uh they mickey and sarah take K9 out to the car and mickey's like what's the deal with the tin dog and the, and sarah jane's like you know doctor like traveling with an entourage She's like, uh, what are, what do you, how do you fit into the picture? And, and Mickey, like, tries to puff himself up, but is like, oh my god, I'm the tin dog. <laughs> oh, that's such a great moment. Rest in peace, Ricky, uh, 1980 whatever to 2006. Welcome back, Mickey. It does set up him wanting to finally go in the TARDIS, because he realizes that, yes. like, he wants more, and he's gotten to the point where... He's not Mickey from he's season one, episode one. He's, he, he can he's, handle He's gotten to the point where the Doctor at least sort of respects him. Yeah, that too. I like the scene where they're going into the school the next day, and they're like, he hands the screwdriver to Sarah Jane instead of Rose, and even though Rose reaches for it, which is a good touch, and then yes. he goes back he to He leaves Mickey. Mickey in the fucking car. <laughs> he's like, crack the door and tells open, him and it's like... Yeah. He's it's like, a tin he's, dog. He's a, <laughs> and the no, doctor's I like i didn't you. mean for him <laughs> yeah anyways <laughs> yeah no mickey mickey in this episode is great um yeah and then you you have the scene with rose and sarah jane where they they kind of snark at each other and eventually they, they and you know that through this they realize how like stupid this all was and and they you know they they bond over you know like consist like traits that are constant like you know did you did he do that thing where he'd explain something at like ninety miles per hour and you'd go what and he'd look at you like you just dribbled on on your shirt and she's like oh yeah yeah 
He's like, does he does he still stroke bits of the TARDIS? And you know, <laughs> the, you know they they have fun. They 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 bond over over this shared experience. And then the Doctor comes in and they they laugh at him, <laughs> which is great. Apparently, David Tennant was wearing like a fake mustache to get them to like actually like hysterically laugh at him. Nice, nice. And they and he didn't tell them going on before. And obviously, they reshot it with like his reaction shots because he's not yes. wearing a fake mustache. Yes. But that's a yes. that's a fun. And they didn't touch. CGI it out like Henry Cavill in Justice League. Ooh, got him. <laughs> Which is funny because the reason why they needed to CGI them out was because of reshoots coming after a uh, better movie that Henry Cavill is in, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Which yeah. is an actually mustache, good movie. Keeping the mustache very, was like in that movie. contract. Yeah. What? What? Like Avery? Explicitly in that contract. That's a. That's a very good movie. I will say. Yeah. No, it they're is. all good. They're all good, dude. I. I would stand by that. Like, yeah, they're surprisingly good action movies. I. I agree. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I love how even for my favorite episode, we're getting like supremely off track every five minutes. Yeah. So yeah, they uh the doc they they figure out that um the Krillitanes are essentially trying to crack this equation that contains the secrets of the universe. It's actually just a coupon for Amazon. Oh my god. Guys, is Jeff Bezos a Krillitane? <laughs> We we can't prove he isn't. Actually, well, if there's a if there's a Krillitane, actually, it's probably Mark Zuckerberg, because he looks like he's wearing a skin suit. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, I, I like to think that even if you solved it, it it just like obviously the intent of the episode is that it actually it, would it, work, it, but like no. <laughs> No, if you solve it, it, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark melts your face off. Yeah. Because, like, mere mortals are not meant to understand it. Yeah. I do have a genuine question, though. Do you think Mr. Finch is being sincere in his offer to the Doctor? Because I genuinely am going back and forth about that. I think he is. Partly, partly because of how like idiotic everyone else is, and I think he would genuinely appreciate having someone else smart to talk to, and possibly have bro moments. TM totally not gay with. Because yeah. I, I do think it's You're not, manipulation. Like, I'm not the only one, right? I'm not the only one seeing it's this, right? There is there is some energy. Not. Yeah, I think it is manipulation, but it's the type where it's like if the doctor actually agreed he wouldn't be like oh just kidding like he'd be like oh shit great yeah yeah cool awesome <laughs> um plus they'd all be on equal footing yeah so like who cares it's not like he like it's not yeah it's not like he's probably thinking like well it's not like he can backstab me yeah. but yeah no um, also, we get uh, Mickey's first Chad moment, Time to Shine, which will continue on, not next week, but the week after that, um, where uh, Kenny comes out to the front of the school and like gets Mickey's attention, is like, hey, uh, shit's going down, and Mickey's like, well, okay, how do I get in, and Kenny's like, we are in a car, and Mickey's like, well, okay, like a, like a drill attachment, we are in a car, and Mickey's like, oh, oh, <laughs> 
which is actually you know what okay this is actually something that i i like which is they say that the doors are deadlock sealed but like deadlock seal like it's still wood and glass so i imagine it's just like a really strong seal but if you can just demolish the door entirely like that still doesn't mean anything I'm curious, how long have deadlock seals been a that's, thing? That's a new thing. Time? That is a new Who thing. That is so the explicitly the first time new Who thing. I feel like they sort of realized, like, oh, the Sonic is kind of... Yes, oh, yes. Cool. Again, um, they, uh, in, in Five's tenure, they literally, like, destroyed the Sonic screwdriver, and he didn't have it for the rest of Classic, because they're like, it's too easy, he can't have it, it's breaking the story. So... They I'm needed to, can... when they brought it back. They needed to add something to nerf it. When does the can't do wood thing come up? Uh, but it doesn't work. I because believe... I remember it most distinctly I in a be... Matt Smith episode. But I think it's I believe it's that. Silence of the Library. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty sure. At least I, I think it. I think that's what it is. I believe that's where it's first mentioned. Yeah, I do like the invention uh, of the deadlock seal. I just hate when it gets... Because I believe there's, like, some point in the series where it's just, like, it's double or it's triple deadlocked seal. And it's just like, okay, you don't need to, like, triple it. Like, then it just gets to ridiculousness territory. But, yeah, here it's here it's good stuff. Yeah. Um... I also like how they deadlock seal the router. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Mickey can just unplug the computer system and it and it works. Oh yeah. Also, also thing I like about, um, thing I like about this episode is how. You know, of course, Sarah Jane is the one, like like Finch is the one who's like join us and immortal and that includes all your friends. Um, and Sarah of course goes, you know, we have to move forward. Pain and loss, they define us as much as happiness or love. Everything has its time and everything ends. Which is also a really great thesis for this episode. But I also think it's great because I think it leaves up to interpretation whether or not Ten was considering it. Like, yeah. I think you could argue either way. I think it's, for my taste, it seems like he takes too long to decide. But I would also see the argument that... Normally, this wouldn't affect him at all, but because of the fresh wound of like Sarah just also because he's trying, also because he might just be stalling to figure out what to do. Yeah, so it's like it's it's kind of one of those things where it goes on a little bit too long for me, but it's not super detracting yeah, you from could, the moment. You could anything. make you could make the argument either way. Yeah. Um. Anyways. So yes, um, <laughs> K9 comes in and saves the day and uh, shoots lasers at the Krillotanes uh, chasing them, which allows them to run, and we get possibly one of the best lines in all of RTD era Doctor Who, which is Anthony Stewart Head saying, forget the shooty dog thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then uh the great and then also the other thing is like all the even like kenny who is a bit character gets to do something important because he sets off the fire alarm which yeah. both a like 
helps get the kids out later and B deals with the Krillitane so they can escape. Although there's also there's there's two great things. One, um, Anthony Stewart head pulling some uh, great I am in pain uh, expressions and then punching through the wall and tearing the cable for the alarm. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then uh, K nine effectively sacrifices himself uh by exploding by positioning himself near one of the vats of krillotane oil which oh yes they they explained earlier on that the krillotanes had mutated or changed themselves so many times they were now allergic to their own oil which is pretty nice i didn't see mr finch like writhe in pain maybe it was just the framing but i was like he could still be out. I don't know. I would like to see him return. I doubt Chibnall's going to pull anything like that. bring Mr. Finch back. I bring would, him back. <laughs> ama- but imagine the 13th Doctor encountering him in, like, a Jadoon prison, though. Yeah, that would be cool. Like, then yeah. we have a real Hannibal Lecter moment. Um... So yes, uh, they all book it out of the school, and K nine shoots the bat, and there's this this great uh, little thing where uh, Finch is like bad dog, and K nine says affirmative, and he you know he speaks in this very robot monotone, but he still delivers that in a way where like if he was a humanoid, you could like see the shit eating grin. Yeah, the voice actor for that does a great job of yeah, emoting John with a robotic voice. Yeah. And then, of course, now that the kids have been taken out of their the the context where they were being brainwashed by the teachers, they are all absolutely overjoyed by the fact that the school has just fucking exploded. <laughs> Kenny Which blew up great. the school. <laughs> yes. Uh... Absolutely great. Um... <laughs> So yeah, then uh, there's this this great end scene where uh, Sarah talks to the doctor, and the doctor, in like genuinely invites her along, and I I, I forgot about that, and but uh, she's like no no I and and that's that's the other good thing is that she just because like Sarah's development is not limited to her interactions with rose it's also extending to her realizing that she needs to move on um which i think is uh really good um it's also a juxtaposition of her wanting to move on and mickey realizing he can do something more get get in on that uh prime real estate uh (laughs) It's free real estate. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, and then he there's this really great goodbye scene, which I think 
the, I think it's good that they 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 add finality to this, even though like this isn't the last. This obviously isn't the last time we see Sarah Jane, and Sarah Jane would go on to have her own spinoff show that this is sort of a backdoor pilot for. Um, but she is like, yes, actually, goodbye this time. Like, sort of admitting, like you know, there needs to be an end to this, and we are putting this here in a, a very beautiful and heartfelt scene which is i think honestly better than most new series companion goodbyes hot take um fair enough and then when when he leaves he uh leaves another canine model with you and they walk off into the sunset slash into a backdoor pilot or into an actual pilot for their fun spinoff show aimed at kids which we will probably not be covering because i've seen a bunch of it but it's it's fine it's not that much to write home about and it doesn't cross over as much as torchwood does so i think we're just gonna yeah (laughs) so that's that's the last we'll see of her until series four but yeah um can Anything I just say, you I've guys been... want to say before we move on to ratings? Oh, um, I I've been liking Rose this whole episode. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. In contrast Definitely. to like a lot of my like half, I basically she was hit, hit or miss for me in uh, Tooth and Claw, and New Earth is kind of a eh because she's Cassandra for a lot of it. But yeah, um, I I liked Rose a lot until her reaction to mickey coming along and i was just like oh yeah i remember she's still a big reason yeah it's just like it's pretty clear at this point that he's not coming for you and maybe it's just like oh he's gonna interfere with like this special thing i have with the doctor and it's kind of like come on you just we just had a whole episode showing that he can have multiple people in his life and you still mean something to him like it just it felt weird in in like TLDR, everything. rose still rose still overall sucks and i still can't believe rtd is like yeah i'll give this character everything she wants that seems like a good idea that doesn't undermine any potential development she might have also this weird foreshadowing <laughs> we'll thing later. with like sarah jane like holding her close and like some things are worth getting your heart broken for uh hugs her and then it's like come find me if you never need to which knowing how things end it's just like well that ended up not being a thing but like yeah. makes sense for her character i suppose yeah um yeah avery you got anything mm, nope was a good okay. episode <laughs> so yeah moving, moving on to ratings as i said this is my personal what? favorite episode this my this viewing has not changed it that opinion neither did the last time i watched it the b plot may not be that important overall but it is still an interesting concept but not too interesting that it runs into 45 minute syndrome there is absolute masterclass performance from basically every single main actor in the episode so many countless good scenes one of the tightest paced episodes of the series that i can think of 10 out of 10 I am not taking, like, I know y'all probably aren't going to seriously debate me on this, but I am not taking, don't, I'm not, I'm not accepting 
petitions to change my mind. This is fact. <laughs> it is a 10 out of 10. Uh, I, I think I have the most different opinion, uh, so I'll let Avery go next, if they want to go. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go. We're switching up the order. All right, all right. I uh, have an order. This podcast yeah, is... Okay, well, yes, we sort of do, but, like, it's never, no. like, it's never been set in stone. We just did it because yeah, we felt it's... like it and stuck. We don't have to stick to it is what I'm saying. I know, I'm it just saying. We're sw- it's still, it doesn't matter if it's formal or informal. If we change it, it's still switching things up. God. Uh, can't believe you. Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a very good episode. And things, like, worked well together. Because you have, like, the, the A-plot, which is all about the Doctor sort of thinking about the effects of what his actions have had on people and, like, seeing the way that they've changed without him, uh, you know, since they left him, while also reflecting on Rose now, you know, now sort of halfway through her tenure as his companion. Uh, while at the same time, you have uh, a monster of the week that's sort of, their whole thing is building off of the, be building off the species they meet, and so it's sort of, like, symbolically the same as the Doctor, and you have that moment where... Uh, they sort of reach out to him and are like, hey, what if we did things together? And he's like, no, this is not the path I want to take. And he's like, actually, all these things are actually good things because they're, like, growing. Yeah, I- I'm growing. And then everyone's like, we have, we we know what we have to do now. Yeah, it was a very good episode. And I will comment what I said in the group chat that the opening and ending scenes are filmed very weirdly and they feel like porn. I will not censor myself. There. I, st- I still, I don't, I don't understand where you're going with that, but okay. I, I don't know what it is, but it feels like it might be the, it might be the, um, the frame rate. I don't know. It felt, felt like a higher frame rate or something. The, they all, they are, they're all at a fairly high frame rate, but yeah. No, but like those scenes felt like different. I don't know what it was. Just the way they okay. were shot, the way people popped in the frame. I don't know what it was. It just like felt like reality. T- it felt like either soap operas or porn. Because those have sort okay. of the same visuals. <laughs> Anyways, it, it's a tangent. It's a 10 out of 10. Yeah. N- not my favorite. I will say Dalek is still better in my opinion, but it is a 10 out of 10. Yeah, no, my favorite is is that's that's more like a personal thing. Oh, and I will also say, um, I think in many ways this episode feels sort of more acknowledging of the fact that this show has run for such a long time than many of the anniversary specials, dare I say even Day of the Doctor. Like, I feel like this acknowledges sort of the sheer length that this show has had mm-hmm. a bit a bit more and i think that's that's part of the reason why it emotionally <clears throat> resonates so much um anyways yes uh Skylar. right um so i think this episode does a lot well um it reintroduces it basically is the first thing to know really confirm that this is a continuation of the old show it's not a reboot with the same window dressing so that's good 
Um, Mr. Finch is on point. Elizabeth Slayton is on point. David Tennant, I mean, that's, you know, take a drink. David Tennant is on point. Uh, Rose and Mickey bring it. It's a fun entourage. Um, not literally referencing the show, but, like, it's a fun, like, <laughs> group cast um, type of thing. Um, the themes are interesting. It's just there's some places, and it's probably because I'm not versed really much in classic that doesn't really have as big a pull on me i'm not saying that's the only reason you like this episode so much um but there's some small things with like how they handle the krillotane in some aspects even though it isn't the focal point of the story is still like just slightly eh for me um same with some of the dialogue especially between like sometimes between 10 and sarah jane though the actors do their best with it and they knock out even like in my opinion like subpar lines out of the park it's still there and again what i mentioned with rose it feels like and this isn't the fault of the episode um but it just does knowing the rest of her arc impact it for me that like she should have learned mm. more from this i think and in the immediate in the in the near future she does but in the far in the grand scope of things i don't yeah. know yeah, how no, this absolutely. affects her so it, with all of that but like again so so much of the other stuff is great. It's just a, a small amount of things in, just in my opinion, take it away from being a 10 out of 10. It's a 9 out of 10. It's still the best episode of this series so far, easily. Um, but, yeah, not a 10 out of 10 for me. Still fucking slander. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we are covering another episode by our other lad Stephen Moffat uh the girl in the fireplace um a fun romp that alternates between the 51st century and I think it's 17th century France 18th 18th no, 18th. 18th 18th century France um, so yeah um I remember that episode being pretty good it's widely regarded as like a really good episode I don't know how highly i'd rate it so i guess we'll we'll see how that goes next week um until then uh you can follow the podcast on twitter at b2tardispod uh you can follow me on twitter at wheatleydl um i'm comrade skyler you can find me uh on twitter at skyhigh9 underscore five <coughs> Avery I, uh, is me. Oh, <laughs> I, I must have clicked the mute hotkey by accident. Uh, nice. I am the pee pee poo poo man. Uh, you can find me at big fat penis sixty nine. Uh, yeah, not a joke. Um, and until then, uh, we will see you all next time with the girl in the fireplace. Bye.